Hello friend, if you have been feeling drained or like it's extremely hard to stick to your routine or perhaps there are some things coming up for you around boundaries or assertiveness or maybe even aggression somewhere in that continuum between assertiveness and aggression, if there's anything coming up for you around those things, around experiencing emotions, around motivation and drive, sticking to your routine to express yourself in your day-to-day and in your work, that speaks to some major astrological themes right now and you are not alone in experiencing those things. I've definitely heard from folks that that's been the vibe recently. So we're going to talk about why we're going to talk about important dates for what to expect, when to expect it. And just know that this episode is primarily about Venus retrograde. That's going to be our major focus. But as with anything, we can't, none of this astrological stuff happens in a vacuum. All of it is happening all the time. So we're going to talk about all of the other Uh, things going on that are going to impact this Venus retrograde. One of them being the Saturn retrograde um, that is currently aspecting Venus and Mars. So we'll talk about what all that means, what to expect and when to expect it. I'll give you the important dates and all of that. And then of course we will finish with yoga practices and journal prompts to best work with this energy at the end. First, I would just like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook, we use Vedic astrology, which means Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac, which is why some of the signs might be a little bit different from what you're hearing in Western astrology. So for example, I'm going to touch on the new moon that's coming up on Monday um, in this episode. It's in Cancer And I guess for the Western astrologers, it's in Gemini, which means also I don't really know. So it's like if you see things on social media, I just know that people tell me they have a tendency to get kind of confused sometimes. It can be hard to keep straight because it's not always obvious immediately when people, which system people are using and all of that. So just know that Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac. The sidereal zodiac is a little bit closer to astronomically accurate. It's still not perfect. Um, I have some resources out there about that if you want to dive more into nerding out about the differences between Western and Vedic astrology. I have an article on my blog as well as a podcast episode on my other podcast. I think it's episode 11 or so. It's an early one. Astronomy versus astrology is like in the early part of the title. So you can check that stuff out if you want to dive into more of that, but just know that neither system is really wrong, but they're different systems and it is helpful to pick one and stick with it. So if you're here picking Vedic astrology, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, It's your choice and I'm glad you're here. So if you don't have your Vedic birth chart, that could be a good thing to have. You can go to yogiscopes.com slash chart to get your chart because we're also going to be talking about the signs that this Venus retrograde is happening in, which is Leo and Cancer. And you will want to know where those signs are in your birth chart, because that will tell you, like if you know what houses they're in, that will tell you what area of life all of these energies is most going to be impacting for you. So let's dive into it. So what are the energies? I already a little bit alluded to the fact 
that um, a lot of folks have been expressing that it's been hard to stick to a routine. That has a little bit more to do with the Saturn retrograde, but Saturn, our retrograding Saturn right now is retrograding in Aquarius. So it has a direct aspect on Leo, the sign of Leo, which is where Venus and Mars are currently sitting right now. And so Venus will go retrograde, will begin its retrograde in Leo um, next Saturday, July 22nd. And it will retro, Venus will be retrograde all the way until September 4th. During that time on August 2nd is when Venus will retrograde back into Cancer. So we are actually already under the shadow period of Venus retrograde because um, how I determine a shadow period, and this is the thing with astrology, is any astrologer is just making their own observations and, you know, to some degree we don't reinvent the wheel. We learn from somebody and we learn from other astrologers' observations, but I could never find any good information out there about what exactly makes up a shadow period. I actually think this is a um, more Western astrology concept than Vedic anyway, the shadow period. But I was like, well, when is, what is a shadow period of a retrograde? And to me, and from my observation, what I've noticed is what makes up the shadow period is when the planet moves into the area where it will retrograde before the retrograde. And so that makes up the shadow retro shadow period before the retrograde. And then the plant will spend its time retrograding, moving from one point all the way back to another. And it ends its shadow period when it moves all the way beyond the place where it went retrograde, if that makes sense. So we had a whole discussion yesterday in the Astrology for Yogis course around degrees and do they matter? And so for this kind of thing, uh, this is something I actually neglected to bring up about this is what degrees might matter for. To figure out the shadow period for Venus retrograde, I looked at the degrees of where. So Venus will station retrograde at 4 degrees and 25 minutes of the sign of Leo. So the shadow period lasts all the way until Venus moves beyond 4 degrees and 25 minutes of Leo, which happens on October 7th. And Venus will retrograde all the way back to the moment that it stations direct is at 18 degrees and one minute of Cancer. And so when Venus moved to that place in Cancer, which so then it will move then beyond the place to retrograde back to it, right? If that makes sense, if you're following um, all the way, it, the shadow period began on June 19th. And I think that tracks just with my own life and things that I've heard from students and even other people who aren't students, just people that I listen to because I'm always listening with like my astrological ears on and maybe you do that too. Um, I'm like picking out like, oh, they're experiencing that because we're already in the Venus retrograde shadow period. So this is a long one. Even though the retrograde is not here, we've already been under the retrograde for a little bit. And then also we will need to talk about the periods that Venus is Gandanta. We'll get there. But I want to be a little bit more explicit so that I don't lose you talking about all this technical stuff. Hopefully, um, 
when I talk about the more technical stuff, you feel like nerding out with me because I'm all like, that's, that's what I love about astrology is, is nerding out about, you know, where do we get these meanings from? Right. And so that's why I like to maybe over explain those kind of things, but I think it's fun. Anyway, Venus is the planet of love, relationships, luxury, creativity, our sense of abundance, those kind of things are what Venus signifies. Also femininity. So the fact that Venus is here with Mars, it's the planet that sort of signifies in a lot of ways masculinity and masculine energy, which to a degree, so Venus and Mars represent those things, but so do the sun and the moon, which is also interesting that we have, so I mentioned this probably on the July Outlook episode, that we will have a new moon in Cancer, which is sort of the sign of the mother, and a new moon is the moon and the sun, basically the mother and father planets coming together in a sign. So we have that happening next week in Cancer, right? So which is where Venus will spend the majority of its retrograde. So it's only retrograding in Leo for like about two weeks, and then it will spend a month retrograding through Cancer. So the majority of the retrograde is through Cancer. And then we have another new moon in the final degrees of Cancer in August. Um, so, and Venus will be there. Venus will be in Leo at this upcoming new moon. It will not be retrograde yet, but it's just a really, really important time for our Cancer rising and moon people and for anybody, especially if you know where Cancer falls in your birth chart and you know what, what area of life that house represents. You will know what, how these energies are impacting you individually. So, um, Venus being retrograde can bring up issues related to all of the things that Venus represents, which like I mentioned are relationships um, so appearance is also one of them. So like, sort of like your self-expression. Well, I always like to caution people during Venus retrograde. Like if you decide you're going to get bangs, maybe don't do it while Venus. Like if you have an, if you, let's say your hairdresser is like super popular and you've had this appointment booked for a while and it just so happens to fall during Venus retrograde, then and you were going to get bangs, then go ahead and by all means get bangs at that appointment or do some edgy haircut or whatever, get a mullet. I don't know. Um, mullets are like totally in these days for people of all genders anyway. Um, so, so if it's that kind of thing, always with retrogrades or anything that we caution against astrologically, it's not to say like, don't do this. It's to say, if you get an impulse decision to do this, just know that it could be related to this astrological thing that's going on. And you might want to just give yourself a little bit of extra pause and make sure that it's really what you want to do. Because lots of people love having bangs and or mullets, right? My husband has a mullet. My three-year-old son have mullet, has a mullet. So mullets are cool, but or and bangs are cool. But most often when people get one as an impulse decision, is when they might regret it. So just know that things like changing your relationship status, and that could be up or down. That could be like breaking up or um, moving in with somebody, getting engaged, getting married, like doing any of that kind of stuff 
on sort of like an impulse during Venus retrograde is not a super good idea. Just think through it a little bit extra. That's all I'm cautioning you against is saying don't I never want to give you any of these astrological things and it be like a hard stop, like a, a definitely do not do this. It's more of like, just give yourself a little bit extra pause because the energy is heightened to have a distortion around things that Venus represents, like appearance, love and relationships, abundance. Maybe don't make any uh, sketchy investments, like don't run out and buy a bunch of crypto or something, you know what I mean, like that kind of stuff, maybe put, like, if you've been thinking about starting day trading, now is not the time, that kind of stuff is stuff that you wouldn't want to begin during re Venus retrograde, but if it's something that you've already been doing or been planning on, the Venus retrograde energy of it being heightened around those kind of things could be a good thing, right? Hopefully that makes sense, and I hope you'll excuse me, I have a little bit of a cold, which is why this podcast episode is super late. I've had sick kids. Now I'm sick. It's just, it's summertime. Like what? This is what having toddlers is like. Anyway, so that's Venus retrograde in a nutshell. Now let's get a little bit more specific talking about the signs where Venus is retrograding. So all the stuff I've said so far is just true of Venus retrograde in general, no matter what signs it's moving through. And so this time it's beginning its retrograde in Leo and it will retrograde back to Cancer. It will spend the majority of the retrograde time in Cancer. And so Leo is a fire sign. Cancer is a water sign, which means as Venus moves over that boundary between Cancer and Leo, that is known as a Gandanta zone in Vedic astrology which means, Gandanta means like a spiritual knot is what that is. And so when a planet moves through, excuse me, a Gandanta zone, there is a chance that you could either release sort of spiritual knots or perhaps dig the pattern deeper. And so whatever the pattern is, is going to be related to the signs and where those signs fall in your birth chart, as I've been mentioning. So with this one, it's the, the analogy I always like to make with Gandanta is if you think about if you have a knot in a bungee cord or a knot in a muscle. And so Gandanta actually, the, the symbolism is more related to like a rope. Like if you think about like a, a rope, if you have a knot in a rope or like a necklace or, you know, something like a piece of string, whatever, the more that you, and let's say it's at the end of the rope and you've slid all the way down to the end of this rope and the knot is all that you're holding on by. It's what's keeping you like on this rope, whatever the rope is, this sort of like karmic rope. And so you're at the end of the rope and the only thing you're hanging on with is the knot. And just keep in mind that all of these spiritual practices, the idea is to release karmas to no longer be bound by them right and so the this is what the assumption that the goal is to sort of like let go of whatever that that tie is that rope right and so if you have a knot in a rope or in a muscle in fact the harder that you pull on it the tighter the knot or muscle becomes and so like with the muscle analogy you have to sort of relax your nervous system and then 
and then maybe put a little bit of tension on the um, muscle, you know, by pulling the joint ends apart away from each other. Um, you can't relax a muscle if your nervous system is not relaxed. And so that's where the analogy to me makes a little bit more sense in embodied sense. But with the rope or bungee cord analogy, you also, like, how do you release a knot in a rope or a bungee cord is you kind of like, you push the ends towards each other, right? Instead of pulling on it, pulling on it's only going to make it tighter. It's going to, um, uh, dig it deeper, dig the spiritual karmic pattern deeper. So the idea with a planet moving through a Gandanta zone is in what ways can you sort of relax your nervous system and cut yourself a little bit of slack to get your fingers in there and create some space, whether it's in the muscle or in the rope, to get the knot out so that you're not bound to this karmic tie, whatever that is, however that's showing up in your life. Um, so let's talk about what it could be based on the signs of Leo and Cancer. But first, I, I just want to give you the dates really quickly that Venus will be moving through the Gandanta zone. So one of them is June 30th to July 15th. We're almost to the end. I apologize. I meant to have this episode out a week ago. Life. I've, I, if y'all have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know, I have really tiny kids and when I first started out, I was not consistent for the podcast at all. So now I'm over here like beating myself up for missing one week, but I've also been running this astrology for yogis course. It was my anniversary with my husband last week. It was a holiday. So daycare was closed for a day. Anyway, excuses. I missed a week, whatever. Here we are. It's going to be okay because then also Venus will move through this Gandanta zone again from July 30th to August 12th. So these are all times to be on the lookout for what patterns are coming up for you. Um, and how could you perhaps create a little bit of space to release those patterns so that you're no longer bound by those karmic ties and the retrograde period one will be the probably most impactful, maybe most challenging. And then the final time Venus will move through this Gandanta zone again will be September 26th through October 5th. And that will be after it's gone direct. So really that set of dates, which also, by the way, is when we will be starting during that time, the next round of astrology for yogis. If you're still interested in becoming a Vedic astrologer, just keep that on your radar. Um, that will be our next starting time will be in that in those dates at the end of September. I think I've got our first call scheduled for like October 1st or 2nd. And so anyway, just know that whatever you're working with in your life, it might be brought perhaps most to a head between July 30th and August 12th. Those will be some of the perhaps most intense dates of this retrograde. And then between September 26th and August 5th will be a good time to, um, sort of make sure you've learned your lesson karmically, if that makes sense. So in the sign of Leo, Leo has to do with, um, self-expression, right? That's what we always think. I feel like the stereotype of Leo is they're people who care a lot about their appearance and not just appearance in a physical sense, but, um, what my 
very southern mom would say putting on airs you know um so if if that uh, uh phrase doesn't make sense it's like making sure that you have a vibe about you that's like kind of regal like that's that's leo energy and so for venus to be there aspected by saturn and then soon retrograding there in leo that is bringing up um themes around how your self-expression how your uh so that's leo qualities self-expression and then potentially also your relationship to abundance your um uh creativity your finances your sense of luxury how are all of those things impacted by your ancestors because also Venus will begin its retrograde in the nakshatra of Magha. So Venus doesn't actually move beyond Magha, um, four degrees and 25 minutes, in fact, of Magha, which is just beyond the Gandanta zone by a degree or so. Um, and Magha is all about lineages and um, sort of like the family line. So that is why I've been mentioning on the podcast that this Venus retrograde is very much bringing up themes of lineage healing, um, considering how, you know, sort of your bloodline or where you come from impacts how you show up in the world, really. Like, how do you present yourself? What is your relationship with abundance? What is your relationship with creativity? What? How do you relate? How does your, your am- ancestors perhaps generational trauma, how does any of that impact your relationships today? All of these things that are represented by by Venus, those themes are coming up while Venus is in Leo. And then, and so also, Venus is receiving aspect from Saturn sitting with Mars during this time. And um, so what that does, what how that impacts this energy is... Um, Saturn retrograde is maybe all about routines. So if you can find new routines to better serve how you want to show up in these ways or, um, find a routine to, if you have perhaps stuff to work through related to generational trauma or lineage healing, that kind of thing, um, find a routine to deal with that because it's these kind of things they don't just just go away like you can't just think about it or like listen to an astrology podcast and like I'll tell you that's a theme that's coming up right now and I'll give you some yoga practices and journal prompts to work with it but if you don't like create the space and do the work the lesson's just going to keep coming up and that's kind of the idea of the Gandanta zone it's like it's going to keep coming up you're going to keep getting stuck on that knot until you don't anymore until you get in there and create the space and release the knot. Otherwise, it's just going to keep coming up. So um, that's on the Leo side. And then on the Cancer side, when Venus moves back into Cancer, um, which is Cancer's ruled by the moon. So there's there's this uh, masculine-feminine dichotomy going on here. A lot of uh, themes around gender and masculinity and femininity and especially with Saturn's role there might be some things coming up around masculinity and femininity and what that means in terms of 
boundaries, especially once Venus gets into the Cancer side. Like, what are your boundaries, especially around the home? Cancer also represents the home to a degree. Um, are you perhaps having these um, gender roles or boundaries around your home because that's just how your lineage has always done it? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and are those things serving you? If they are, by all means, that's the thing. Is like anything that comes up during a retrograde or during a, a Gandanta period, it's a challenge usually. And sometimes what comes up is that what you've been doing is working. It might be that it comes up that it's not working, right? But um, there's a good chance that whatever you're doing is working, right? And and so when you go through challenges like this, the idea of a retrograde is to either reimagine what's not working or reinforce what is, right? So I'm not saying, I'm not trying to project onto you that you maybe need to go change something. I'm actually hopefully communicating the opposite, that if you get an impulsive decision to go and change something that you really think through it, um, right? And so those are the major themes coming up. So so relationships are going to be impacted, right? Your sense of abundance is going to be impacted. How you show up in the world is going to be impacted. And as Venus moves through Leo, you might be considering how your lineage and your your family has impacted the way you think about all of these things that I just mentioned. And then as Venus moves through Cancer, you might be more considering um, inner child work because Cancer does represent the home and the mother. And so how do you feel nurtured? What makes you feel most nurtured? Do you have a good relationship with that inner sense of peace? Or could you stand to do some re-nurturing of yourself, your inner child? And also how do your boundaries um, show up around all of this lineage stuff, right? Maybe it's boundaries with your family of origin or your, your ancestors or, or that kind of stuff, it, or it could be boundaries with a partner. Those themes might be prominent during the Venus retrograde through Cancer section, which is, so Venus moves back there um, on August 7th and will retrograde through there until September 4th. And then... Venus doesn't clear Leo, so the shadow period I mentioned is not over until, what was, what was it I said, like October 7th, I can scroll back up in my notes, but yeah, October 7th is when Venus finally moves beyond the place where the retrograde happens. So these themes will be coming up in more or less subtle ways for the next, was that three months? July, August, September, October, yeah, three months. So, um... Yeah, so the overall energies, just to put a put a nice bow on it and make it clear, hopefully, is undoing patterns in relationship. And so that doesn't just mean intimate partner relationships. Like, yes, absolutely it does mean intimate partner relationships, but it could also be with just how you relate to people in general. Um, and especially while Venus has gone down to those themes might be coming up a little bit extra. So the way that you work with it during those Gandanta periods that I mentioned are, is a little extra impactful or perhaps pay a little extra attention to how those themes play out in the reality of your life um, during that time. And then the other major themes, as I've been mentioning 
lots lately is lineage healing and inner child work. So here are some signs and symptoms that you might need lineage healing or inner child work. One being if you are uncomfortable with other people experiencing discomfort. So that has a lot to do with that that moon and cancer, that mothering, nurturing energy where a lot of folks have a mother wound where they maybe weren't nurtured the way their their emotions weren't held space for the way that they needed them to as a child. So they learned to stuff those emotions or, or do something else to um, not make anybody else uncomfortable with their discomfort. But life is uncomfortable and we all experience discomfort. And so what is your ability to hold space for other people's discomfort and your own discomfort, you know, what, how do you deal with that? Does it make you uncomfortable? Do you have a tendency to want to shut it down, right? That could be a sign of some inner child work needing to be done because, um, I think it's, I think it's beautiful to be able to hold space for ourselves and for other humans in discomfort. Hopefully, hopefully that's, you know, a thing that can happen for you and the people in your lives that it's okay when people express discomfort or more challenging emotions, right? And so not being able to handle your own or other people's discomfort or challenging emotions is a immediate red flag of needing inner child work. Another one is having a tendency to push away when people get close or on the other end, fearing abandonment and wanting to grip a little bit tighter when, you know, maybe just overthinking sometimes like people's actions and fearing that abandonment. So this has to do with attachment styles, which is something that we're going to talk about in the workshop on Sunday. Just a reminder, I know it's coming up super soon now. I mentioned it a couple times. It is the Sunday at 11 a.m. There will be a replay for folks in the membership, but we're going to talk more nitty gritty about attachment styles, what is inner child work, we're going to start off with a practice to um, sort of do this inner child work. Um, so that's Sunday and sign up for the membership to come. It is members only at this point because it just feels like the kind of thing that should be a more closed container with people who have been, um, people who are committed to this circle and this container. Um, so yeah, so that's members only. Anyway, so that's a sign if, so this is like, I'm not here to diagnose you. This is not therapy. I'm not a therapist. But if you've done your own reading on attachment styles, maybe you resonate with having either anxious or avoidant attachment styles. And that is a sign of you could benefit from inner child work. Um, and then third sign that you could possibly need inner child work or lineage healing is that you have a challenging relationship with creativity or sensuality. Do those things perhaps not come easily to you or do you have a hard time tapping into those things? Maybe feel like you don't have time for those things because hopefully a, a healed inner child or somebody who has done this work would have, um, and so sensuality, like that gets a sexual rap to it. But I also mean in sensuality, like being okay with your senses, like feeling into your body and, and feeling okay with things like when a yoga teacher cues dancing lion, which is, you know, from tabletop 
you know, doing cat-cow and I cue this in almost every one of my classes where I say maybe close your eyes and just move intuitively for a few moments. And there are some folks always that sort of just like look around like, what? Like, don't not tell me what to do. Like, I don't want to just feel into my body. That is also a form of sensuality, right? Um, so if that, if there, if it feels like there's a block around that, that could be another sign of some inner child work needing to be done. And, uh, fourth is if you have a critical inner voice and you're hard on yourself when you make mistakes. So hopefully this is another thing where, um, you know, our parents' voices or our caregivers' voices become our voices as we, um, get into adulthood. And if you were always sort of like berated for making a mistake, then that's probably how you treat yourself. But if you had some form of like, you know, what I always, my parenting mantra is like, any feeling is okay. Any behavior is not. So obviously I don't just tell my kids it's okay no matter what they do. But if they like spill something, I don't like berate them for it because I spill stuff all the time. They just have to help me clean it up. Right. So there could be some of that going on. If you're like, um, it's like a guilt and shame thing. Like it's okay to feel guilty if you made a mistake, but if you automatically shame yourself and this comes from Brene Brown, if you go from, I did something bad to I am bad. That is another good sign that inner child work could be a meaningful endeavor for you to hopefully try to feel a little bit more comfort in yourself when you're not perfect because none of us are. And then uh, I lost count. I just have bullet points. They're not actually numbered. Is this number five? People pleasing and seeking external approval is another sign of needing inner child work. So we all need some degree of external approval. Like I actually just before I recorded this, called my husband and was like, I just did such and such. Aren't you proud of me? Like, and he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, just like that kind of, like we need, you know, I had to do the thing anyway. It was just like a silly little task that I was putting off. And so that kind of thing, it's like, that's one thing. But if you're like neglecting yourself in seeking external approval, in showing up for other people, if you're not showing up, if, if your needing of approval from other people is preventing you from showing up for yourself, that's where it becomes a problem with the people pleasing thing. Um, and inner child work could help. So then lastly, difficulty setting or enforcing boundaries that could look like being too walled off where you just don't have anybody in your life because it feels too hard to, um, navigate that, you know, you end up putting barriers up around yourself. So this also kind of gets back to those attachment styles. Are you more avoidant because it feels easier to just block everybody out than to risk getting hurt, um, navigating these boundary things? Or are you more on the side of like the people pleasing side where you're just kind of a pushover and you, um, drop what you're doing to help other people all the time to the point where you're putting yourself out because you're fearing that abandonment, maybe a little bit of that anxious attachment showing up. So these are all things that might come up during Venus retrograde. If these are patterns for you, this is a really good time to notice that a little bit extra and think about what you can do to change those patterns. That's exactly what this Venus retrograde will be good for. So um, in the membership, we'll have that workshop to do a more explicit and exclusive practice around that. So we'll start off with a, a gentle movement and meditation practice. Um, and then we'll move into some nitty gritty, um, stuff around attachment styles, 
like how to actually um, do inner child work, right? And that kind of stuff. Um, so that'll be in our workshop. But then in general, it's a good time. This, this retrograde is a good time for sprucing up your wellness routine, sprucing up your home. So take care of yourself. Take care of how you express yourself. Make sure that your home, especially while Venus is retrograding through Cancer into August, um, does your home feel like an extra comfortable place? And what could you do to make it more so, to make it feel like your refuge so that you really feel like you can relax your nervous system when you go there? Like what is within your control where you can make that more of a true statement where you can find, even if it's not like where you live, because maybe you live somewhere that's like chaotic. I don't know. Um, but can you find a sense of inner peace and home somewhere, which hopefully feels like a way that you can, a place and time that you can on a regular basis, relax your nervous system and, and feel, experience that sense of inner peace. And then it's also a good time for amping up romance. And so this doesn't have to be in relationship. Can you romanticize your life and tap into that sensuality? Like, so I mentioned like with that dancing lion thing, can you close your eyes and move and feel your body? Is that something that you feel comfortable doing? Can you feel, you know, maybe I have a good friend that does, um, what's it called? It's not contra dance. Uh, it's not interpretive dance, ecstatic dance, that kind of stuff could be good during this, um, uh, retrograde, uh, and what ways can you romanticize your life and just really feel grateful for what you have and, and just really like tap into that sensuality, like outside of the bedroom, like a sensuality always, you know, and maybe it is in the bedroom, like that's fine, but it could also benefit to do this in places that are outside the bedroom. Like, can you really get sensual with your cup of tea? And I don't mean this in a sexual way. I literally mean, enjoy your senses with your food, with, you know, can you sit outside and just tap into all five of your senses and really enjoy being outdoors? Like that kind of thing is what this retrograde period is good for. That will benefit you during this retrograde period. And then of course the inner child work and lineage healing. It's a good time for examining your attachment styles, examining your relationship to power and hierarchy. So this is something, it's a soapbox of mine. Um, that we're, we'll talk about more explicitly in the workshop too. Um, something Brene Brown talks about power with versus power over patriarchal power is that it's one above the other. If, if one person gives their power to somebody else, they are losing their power in doing that. That is a patriarchal model of power. And there's a quote and I've said, and I'll say it again. I'm the queen of butchering quotes. I don't know who said this or that this is even the right way, but it didn't come from my brain. I heard it somewhere. Equality only feels like oppression when you're used to preferential treatment. Okay. So this retrograde, because Mars is there, because Saturn is there, and we're talking about structures and hierarchies, masculine versus feminine, um, and then moving through the, the signs of, of Leo and Cancer, which are ruled by the sun and moon, which are sort of like the the patriarch and the matriarch of the zodiac, right? That theme is potent and strong right now. So are you a person that practices power with or power over? So like an example is like, if I let my kids have more choices in their life, that doesn't mean I'm losing power. It doesn't mean that, that me letting them 
have some healthy amount of autonomy and choice in their life means that I'm undermining my own authority, right? Um, but there are people out there that just don't know any different because that's how our society is set up. So I'm not trying to shame you if you are a power over kind of person, but, um, if you want to learn some more techniques to shift your mindset and practice this power over more, I mean, power with rather than power over more often in your relationships, then come to the workshop. It's a bad time for, I've already mentioned some of these, but it's a bad time for sudden changes in relationship status or reconnecting with exes. There's a good chance that there's a reason that person is your ex. So if they pop back up, which there's a good chance that they might don't, uh, all that glitters is not gold is all I'm saying, uh, when that comes up. And then it's also a bad time for sudden changes in appearance. And like I said, it, sudden is the key word here. If you already were thinking about doing this, then it could be like a good time. It could be like where you get one of those like risky haircuts and it works out great. But if you just like wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to go get this like monstrous tattoo of like my person I met at the beach's name tattooed on me. Like maybe don't do that kind of thing, if that makes sense. Um, and so our yoga practices for the Venus retrograde, I'm sure you could guess heart chakra work. Um, just opening the heart from both directions. So heart openers from the front, also opening of the back of the shoulders, especially feeling that expansion from front to back and the perhaps energetic difference. One practice that we've done in our Yogi Scopes flow was um, opening up to sort of like cactus arms, pulling the elbows back and then exhaling to give ourselves a nice snuggly self-compassionate hug and then just feeling that moving back and forth. That's an example something you could work into your flow or your practice. Um, and so also with that flowing practices, because, um, there's a heightened feminine energy going on. So can you create a sense of flow? So like I was saying, like flow between open to close, can you create a sense of flow like that dancing lion, that tapping into your senses and feeling a sense of connectedness and flow? Can you embody that with your yoga practice during this time? Kundalini yoga is also a good one, especially for Venus and Cancer. I'm not a Kundalini teacher, so I'm not like going to say anything more about that, but it could be good because, and so the reason for that, I actually can't believe I didn't mention this, but the nakshatra in Cancer where the retrograde is happening, Ashlesha, we'll talk more about that explicitly because the second new moon in Cancer, I believe the second of the two that's in August will be in Ashlesha. So we'll talk more about Ashlesha when we get there, but for now, just know that Ashlesha is a serpent. It's a coiled serpent. It's the symbol for Ashlesha where Venus is doing its retrograding. So think of like Kundalini rising, that Shakti rising, um, that feminine empowerment kind of stuff. It's very good for the Venus retrograde to work that into your practices. And then like the inner child work, sacred play. Can you make the practice fun? In what ways can you embody a sense of wonder, a sense of fun, and a sense of play, a sense of playfulness. So finally, your journal prompts are to reflect on your emotional needs and the ways in which you express and receive love. How have those needs evolved over time and how can you honor them during this Venus retrograde? So that gets into the lineage, Is is the are the ways that you, um, express and receive love, maybe your love language or your emotional needs, 
um, and the way that you ask for your emotional needs to be met are those informed by your lineage. Have they changed into your adulthood? Um, and how can you make sure that you're tapping into and getting those emotional needs met during this time? Are there any emotional walls or barriers you've built around yourself? And how can you create greater emotional and uh, in intimacy and vulnerability during this Venus retrograde? So that's sort of like all one topic wrapped up into several questions. And then second part, second question uh, is what patterns or dynamics have emerged in your past relationships and what lessons have you learned from them? And then how can you bring more authenticity and self-expression into your current or future partnerships? So this gets into that X thing is like, think about why did those people become your exes? Was it you or was it them or was it both? What was the pattern? And did you learn your lesson, right? And especially during the Venus Gandanta time would be a good time to sort of enforce that. So yeah, I hope you feel fully expressed during this time. I hope you were able to tap into self-love and authenticity and creativity and feel a sense of flow and abundance and feel a sense of connection to those around you because it's not just all about our own selves, right? We do, the reason we do any of this is to exist in harmony with the people around us and the world and hopefully create more harmony within so that we can create more harmony without, right? Like, isn't that the goal? And I hope this Venus retrograde is a beautiful time of that for you. So please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, I would really love to see you in the workshop. You can think of it as a new moon ritual. I'll be back with some new moon updates for you. So take care.